A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome <laughs> to the show, Jason Fishman. Exactly. Honored to be on today. Uh, Dallas from Los Angeles. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you're all the way over in Los Angeles. I'm all the way over in Paris. So we're completely out of time. Now, it looks like it's the middle of the night for you, um, but it isn't, is it? It's the start of the morning. Yes. We are at nine in the morning here. Um, usually have a, a backdrop type screen, um, but uh, cloudy day in LA. That's rare, but uh, just getting the morning started already had a couple calls from overseas and uh, excited right. to talk investor acquisition with you today. Oh, investor acquisition. I was talking, yeah, that sounds really, really impressive. I mean, I was talking crowdfunding. <laughs> we'll, we'll come to that in a moment quickly. And yeah, I'll talk about the merge. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. No, no, no. Great. Oh, oh, that's interesting. Oh, I'm already interested now. So I'm, I'm going to stick around for the next half an hour. Uh, and please, the crowd, oh, the immense crowd that we have on YouTube and Facebook and Periscope, please do stick around. Quickly, the introduction. Um, I, I just wanted to share really quickly my Wikipedia experience, which has been this kind of ongoing thing. Uh, I had a Wikipedia article and this wonderful knowledge panel, and then the Wikipedians deleted it because I'd messed with it too much. And if we can show that screen, it took me a month and this is this is a, a a nice thing to know about Wikipedia. Ran Fishkin was talking about it. Wikipedia takes control of your own image away from yourself. Uh, and so on the left, I, I mean, I was clinging onto Wikipedia for dear life because I thought that's the only way I can keep this great knowledge panel. Turns out they deleted it. Uh, the entire thing got deleted. My knowledge panel got deleted. My knowledge graph presence got deleted. And it took me literally only 30 days to build it back up to be almost as good, if not better, because I control it. That message at the top is on the SEMrush site. Great tool, SEMrush, by the way. And uh, I do a lot of stuff with them. And what's interesting there is the Wikipedia page, I had no control. And every time I did change it, somebody complained and changed it back or whatever, because the Wikipedians do that. And on SEMrush, it's actually me who writes the text. I write mm -hmm. about myself. So I get full control. And I think that's really important. I think this is a new powerful message that we have is uh, Wikipedia isn't so important for knowledge graphs and knowledge panels, and we can take back control. Talking of which, second screen is I got you in the knowledge graph, Jason. I see that. Excellent, excellent. Those are a few uh, pieces I've been in there. My Forbes Agency Council set up, yes. Sorry, this isn't the knowledge. So this is your, your brand set. And in fact, uh, we got our video up there um, pretty quickly. And then we're talking about 75 million in crypto funding. So I feel mm -hmm. like I've got a lot of money, even though I don't, because I'm associated now with $75 million. Um, but in fact, we did get you in the knowledge panel, in the knowledge graph, sorry, because this episode is in the knowledge graph twice. Um, so you now have a place in the knowledge graph, and that's a great start for you. Now, excellent. Uh, very quickly, two sponsors, SEMrush and WordLift. They both have special offers, and if we can show that. Uh, SEMrush, it's uh, a month of Guru for free. Uh, please do connect with them. Uh, it's amazing. And WordLift, who I love, who are doing the entity-based content model, which is creating all this presence in the uh, knowledge graph and allowing me to push anything pretty much I want into the knowledge graph. Uh, it's word left with their entity-based content model. I fully and highly recommend it. Now, let's stop talking all this stuff that's only interesting to me and talk about crowdfunding. Now, I thought crowdfunding was I get my mates to give me $20 
And if I've got enough mates, I'll end up with enough money to do whatever it is I want to do. But it's not that really, is or it can be that, but it, it can go way beyond that. Yes, exactly, Jason. What you're referring to is reward-based crowdfunding, which includes sites like Indiegogo, Kickstarter, massive platforms, generally 15, 20 million uh, unique visitors a month. Right. From that, uh, equity crowdfunding portals were created. Same overarching concept, but for the sale of stock securities, registered with the governing bodies, with the SEC, uh, various types of groups globally uh, to protect investors because they are accepting both accredited and unaccredited investors. When I first got involved in this in 2014, it was just accredited investors. So individuals with over 200K uh, individual income over the past three years or $1 million net worth outside of their primary home. The laws opened up uh, to include anybody uh, virtually de the democratization of private equity opportunities in yeah. 2016. But and that, now you can raise money from those friends. The, that, that's really interesting. I mean, I didn't know the history of it. That I've got a million dollars outside the equity of my own home. That isn't so very many people. I mean, my mates have got $20 um, and the idea of crowdfunding. I mean, you were talking about $1,000 per person. I mean, $1,000 still yeah. seems quite a lot to me. Sure. And that's just an example. So there's three primary filings that we work off of. Uh, I, of course, am on the marketing side. So we're going after investors. Owner users are a popular category. Sometimes this is used for, for bars or pubs where they'll market to their patrons about opening up a new location and they'll right. get a thousand. Some of them will get 3,000 investors at about $300 each and raise a million dollars. The most common filing, a Reg CF, allows you to raise 1.07 million in a, uh, in a year uh, from the date of the filing activation. That's soon to be expanded to 5 million. It's just a matter of when. We're hoping by the end of the year. Oh, uh, so, sorry. So the, 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 the level for kind of small level investment business for my pub will go from a million to five million and I can get five million for my super pub and get big exactly. leather comfy chairs for all the patrons. Exactly. And there's actually a larger filing called Reg A Plus, which does allow you to raise up to 50 million. It's about 80% of the IPO process and initial public offering that you have to go through to actually list it because again, everyone wants to make sure it's not a scam. Everything is presented in the appropriate fashions, legally, financially, through these different audits. But at that point, there's been big groups, a uh, large group out of uh, the UK actually called BrewDog. Um, we didn't work with them, but other groups Ooh, that were associated with did. They, they've had massive reggae plus equity crowd funds. Sorry, to, to take BrewDog as an example, I mean, even I've heard of them, I and mean, it's beer, so obviously mm -hmm. it's in my kind of domain of interest. But There you go. Um, they, they went from being a tiny company uh, of brewing kind of five bottles of beer a week for their mates to brewing for the local pub, to brewing for several local pubs, to brewing for quite a lot of people in the UK. And then the world, now everybody's heard of them or everybody who drinks beer. And they've yeah. done that through equity crowdfunding? That was a major push for them. I've spoken at conferences uh, in London and been to a location. I saw you could buy a beer and stock while at the restaurant, while, while at the actual <laughs> locations. Uh, but, but yeah, they're a, a case study in the industry. We, again, have worked with some of the legal and financial groups who worked on their audits. 
uh, and will service groups uh, in that vertical, um, all the way through the uh, Internet of Things and smart home devices. Uh, here in the U.S., uh, cannabis and CBD companies, which are emerging verticals. Um, uh, we, we're working with various different types of health tech companies, even groups that are combating COVID. We're working with the influencer advertising platform. You name it. If it's something new, something's different, uh, potentially in a, a particularly in a vertical that people are reading about in the headlines in Forbes, Business Insider. Uh, uh, that's positioned for massive growth. A lot of electric vehicle companies that we're, we're working with, you can market to a, a audience of consumers and different from e-commerce uh, or uh, lead generation type of digital marketing tactics, you're looking to acquire investors. Right. So, uh, okay. again, I'll so use that sorry, term for, again, the for, investor user. For me, that, that's, that's the crux. Okay, so we've gone from this idea. I mean, crowdfunding, I crowdfunded a, a guitar for a friend of mine. That was really good fun. That was $20 a pop. Um, sure. So after you can fund your business and you can go from being a local brewery to becoming this worldwide big thing, a big a major conglomerate of breweries, and presumably they're now acquiring other breweries. And it, it, it's going to be, anyway, that, that's a different story. And it's democratized the idea of raising funds. And now you've got into the crux of what I was interested in is saying it's you can actually treat it like a marketing push. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. So instead of just going after consumers, we're working with the company right now that does genetic testing, similar to a uh, 23andMe or Ancestry.com uh, stronger technology in many ways. And they have an existing consumer base. So they can market to them and say, hey, you love our product. Now you could actually become an owner in it. And mm. at the same time, go after new investors, bringing customers in at the same time. You're, you're basically building this ambassador uh, cohort. So instead of just a thousand micro investors, uh, which are all aligned on one seat of your cap table, depending on how you're structured. So it's not like you have a thousand people in the boardroom, uh, but at the same point, you have all these voices. You have uh, investors who are sharing with their friends, their family, check out this company. I have a position in it. It uh, is, a, is a very popular thing. Right. Okay. So um, the, the idea, I mean, this comes back to the, the description I wrote is saying, if you've got a thousand people at a thousand dollars, rather than one person with a million dollars, that one person, it can go sour very quickly. And with a thousand people, it has to, I mean, it's difficult to make it go sour with, with them all. And does that not mean that they have no real control, that you just do what you want with their money? No, and, and I really focus on the marketing side, so I don't want to speak too far into how each individual organization has structured it. Uh, but there are definitely, uh, you know, shareholder meetings, different voting mechanisms that I've seen with groups that we work with. Uh, they yeah. have more accountability in many fashions. It's almost as if they're held to the same standards as a, a public entity at that point, even well, though that, they're not in the public market. Yeah, that, that's true, actually, because if I've just got one person, it goes wrong, it goes wrong within my boardroom. If I have a thousand people, it can quickly get online. Um, and those thousand people can be very vocal about the fact that I mess up. But let's not talk about that. Let's talk about how you get those thousand people involved. And you were talking to me about this marketing idea. And I love yes. that. And you, you start off, presumably, like you would with a product with your core audience, which is, if you already have a product with uh, uh, customers, then you would go to your customers and say, do you want to get involved uh, in terms of equity? 
Exactly. So you look at fundamental digital marketing practices. We mm-hmm. start everything with a plan. I have a system I've built called the eight point marketing plan. I've written about this in Forbes, uh, held many workshops around it, starts research heavy, gets into a competitor marketing audit. That's all about real time data. How are groups acquiring investors here in September 2020? As it's much different than March, I'll tell you, significantly different than November. We want to look at, (laughs) oh, yeah, uh, just with the market changes alone. And is that to do with with COVID or to do with changing seasons? (laughs) Uh, I like to look at it as the social dynamics. So, yes, definitely COVID. Um, and, And we, we speak to that in much of the advertising messaging, the content marketing messaging, it has to be relevant. So if we're working on a marketing plan without looking at how the top groups raised funds uh, in, let's say, here in September and in August, and look at what publishers covered them, which influencers, which advertising channels they used, uh, what their spends were there, the advertising creative, how often they're sending out emails, how frequent they're sending out social messages, everything. I want to know as a marketer exactly what they did to obtain digital market share on any of these equity crowdfunding portals to acquire investors. So after going through that process, we build the framework, which includes target audiences, marketing channels, both paid and organic, both advertising and content marketing for those audiences, because they are online. Just to come back to, sorry, I'm I'm trying to fix this in my mind. Target number one is people who are already buying from me. Target number two is people who hang out on investment portals, uh, presumably looking for investment opportunities. They've been through the checkout process. Yes. Then then you're advertising or doing your marketing directly on the portal. Uh, and so those, those are your first go-to places. And the third one is to push it out wider onto LinkedIn. You know, the top channel that we're seeing is actually Facebook advertising, which really? includes Instagram. Okay. It's highly scalable. Uh, we use LinkedIn for outreach because we could go after uh, precise individuals. Uh, some of the investment portals have quotes from the anchor investors, and we can find those individuals on LinkedIn send invitations. Once that's accepted, we can send a sequence of messages and get a after the same person with a cold email. Meanwhile, if we use LinkedIn for advertising, we're looking at a minimum of a $4.50 CPC cost per click, uh, likely somewhere in the seven to 10 range for uh, the type of filters we want to include in the targeting. On Facebook, we may be able to reach that same audience on the prospecting side uh, on a click link, uh, on, on a traffic ad for 30 cents to a dollar uh, on a conversion okay. ad, uh, which we're tracking all the way through. We have to have a high enough volume of conversions for that technology to really work, but even still a dollar to $2 per click. Um, okay. Facebook so, has a higher um, I, rate and conversion rate. As I, a rule I, was look, I was looking at LinkedIn as this kind of business orientated thing. So it would immediately be my go-to place. But in fact, Facebook sure. by pure volume and by the fact that they've got such a, a grip on what it is we're actually interested in. It's very easy to target in Facebook. Yeah, for me, if I look at it, the time spent and on a daily basis is higher on Facebook. I know for me, if I look at my time spent apps, it's showing me massive hours per day on, on social apps and you kind of scroll through while you're in line for something. Uh, and, and also the conversion behavior. People typically have more conversions per year during their Facebook, during their Instagram time usage. Uh, So 
in that in that type of experience, we're going to see higher conversions as a rule of thumb. But this is all assumption. We like to base it on the analytics. We could test LinkedIn ads and Facebook ads simultaneously mm-hmm. and optimize the budgets towards we're seeing the best performance. That's my whole philosophy towards marketing, towards equity crowdfunding and investor acquisition. I, I summarize in three words, test, optimize, scale, test, optimize, scale. Any marketing channel, optimization of all the channels together We'll do a crawl, walk, run scenario. And if as we're scaling up to a million, five million, ten million dollar raises, if we're getting about a 10x return on ad spend, if we're spending, let's say, a hundred dollars and acquiring that that thousand dollar investor, we're in a good place. Clients are happy. It's very scalable. So that's why I like the advertising channels as well, too. I could systematically increase 2x, let's say every few days, every three to seven days. And at the same time, see the investor counts double. And hopefully it's all stimulating peer-to-peer marketing. If I could get someone to invest in it, they share with their brother, their coworkers, um, their their family as a whole, um, we're paying for a small amount of the acquisitions while seeing a much larger audience come to play. Right. Okay. Um, so that actually uh, brings two questions. One of which is, I mean, your your profit margin inverted commas needs to be very big because you need to have money left at the end of it. You can't kind of cut it quite fine. But if you can find somebody who then brings several other people on board, you can actually afford to keep a quite low profit margin. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't, what would you call it? It's not a profit margin, is it? Uh, return on ad spend, return on marketing spend is generally the type of metrics we're talking about uh, with, with our uh, clients. They're called issuers as they're issuing the stock. So they look at their total raise amount. Let's say it's that 1.07 million. And if they're spending about 10% of that on marketing, that's a, a 10% a 10x return on advertising spend, return on marketing spend. We have case studies that go up to a 30, 33x return on advertising spends. So that that's what they right. that's one of the key metrics that they're looking at. And you mentioned Instagram. Do people who invest hang out on Instagram posting photos about themselves on their bike? I mean, is that an interesting uh, market? I mean, because Facebook, I can see it. Instagram, much less. Great question. Common uh, <laughs> misconsideration. Uh, I've been asked for the past seven years. You were going to say in misconception of- <laughs> or mistake? I just made the mistake, the misconception. No, no. It just brought up that, hey, you know, our investors really on Instagram, our high net worth individuals on Facebook or, or any site for that matter, are they online? And, you know, with over a billion users a day on Facebook, we like to look at it as everyone's on there. Um, and that would include Instagram as their larger network. Um, what they're doing on there could vary. Uh, I follow some influencers that I could tell you are very high net worth and they're posting every meal and extravagant hotel and every yacht that they're on. There are those type of luxury audiences on there. Uh, other people are just searching. Uh, I, I am urged by my team to post more. <laughs> uh, but but I'm on there daily searching around. I have to be consuming content as I'm working on advertising strategies, advertising creatives, so that the uh, you know the social dynamic is there, the relevancy right. is there. But uh, again, we look at it all in the analytics. So if we run one campaign and they're seeing great conversions from Instagram, excellent. We're going to scale into that. If we're working on another one and it's not producing, we move over to. Uh, and w- would you test on Twitter? I mean, on Twitter, for me, it's this very kind of uh, in-out, very quick comments and exchanges. You wouldn't be talking to somebody about investing on Twitter. Oh, 
I'm not Hello. sure if it's Jason we've lost or if it's me. Oh, did we lose you or did we lose me? It went it went black for a second for me, but I'm I'm right. Okay, my my question was Twitter. I mean that that yeah. for me is the epitome of people who just don't pay attention, including myself because <laughs> I like Twitter. Um, somebody on Twitter is not going to be somebody who's going to say, "Oh yeah, I'll throw a thousand dollars at that." So Twitter has been a driver for several of our campaigns that I could think of off the bat. We use it for content marketing on most every campaign. So content marketing, we're putting together a content calendar using at least three social channels. So if that's Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, have you, uh, we, we distribute daily content on there. And if we're getting strong engagement, if we're tagging, doing promos uh, with other types of uh, pages, and it's, it's getting a high volume of social shares, we're in a good place. Even for our press activations, if we get covered by one publisher, it's good. But if that article gets picked up and repurposed a hundred times, it's it's a night and day different effect. And a lot of that occurs on Twitter. A lot of writers, journalists are uh, sharing right. links on Twitter. Ooh, I hadn't thought about that. Brilliant. Okay, next one is Google. I mean, this, this brings me to more or less the end of my experience. On Google, nobody searches for, can I invest $1,000, please, Google. Uh, we, we've seen hit or miss results on Google ads. We had a solar company and we would uh, run very mid, low funnel keywords. So solar example. We're not putting investment opportunities. We're not putting cool new tech, but very specific uh, private investment solar. Again, someone who's already thinking in this way, if they click on that, uh, we're only shooting for a 2% conversion rate. Right. We're only paying for the actual clicks. So if we're getting a good cost per click, if we're hitting an average conversion rate, we may see a $50 to $100 cost per acquisition of that investor. Uh, so again, it all comes down to testing, see what's giving us the results and being able to scale from there. But we are generally limited on inventory because of that mid to low funnel keyword right. strategy. We're not able to spend massive budgets. But then, I mean, another tactic when you talked about journalists would be to reach out to journalists and say, this is happening. It's really interesting. This is kind of cutting edge IoT, cutting edge beer in the case of BrewDog. And journalists will write about it. So it's very, very traditional marketing. Is that the one that pays the best? You know, each one's going to be different for each campaign. I have seen it uh, uh, play the best. Uh, there's been campaigns we've worked on in automated retail. Uh, there's been campaigns that we've worked on in very uh, tech-focused uh, accounts that were matching headlines. So they talked about the initiative. The founder, it's a big deal to be able to have a founder, see their face, have the relatability, was then featured. And it, again, it was picked up hundreds of times from other yeah. publishers, uh, other social posts. And in those scenarios... Uh, yes, I mean, people generally don't trust what they see online. So to have social proof from a publisher, to see third-party validation from an industry expert or uh, just a very trusted influencer goes a long way. Uh, audiences are looking for that line around the block. They do not right. want the empty restaurant. They don't go into an equity crowdfund campaign, see 10 investors uh, with 10,000 raised and say, I'm going to put money into this. They say, huh, something seems a bit off. That same campaign with 300,000 from yeah. uh, 300 investors. They want to become a part of that. They see it well, lifting. That, that momentum says something. Brilliant. Well, that, that immediately makes me think, I mean, it comes back to that thing of saying, I need to start with people who are easy 
prey in inverted commas, which is my existing customers. Then the next ones, which are the people who are actively on these platforms looking to invest, get that initial figure so that I look like there are people hanging around the block, uh, even yes. if there aren't necessarily beyond my own <laughs> friends and people who are actually actively looking to invest. Then push it out on social media and perhaps Google and perhaps the journalists, who the journalists would also be impressed by the people queuing up around the block. Is that about exactly. a good summary of your, your strategy overall? Yes. Now, the title did have the word crowdfunding in it. And I'll tell you the one crowdfunding fundamental that speaks exactly what you just said. In reward crowdfunding, it's all about having a strong first day. They recommend you to have a minimum of one third of your goal raised in the first day, which is the result of a strong pre-launch and generally consisting of friends, family, people who want to see you succeed. You then bring in the second third digital marketing and the final third from the platform itself. There's different laws around equity oh, crowdfunding. Right, sorry, just, just, sorry, just to come back. I actually yeah. said that the, the platform itself was the second third, i.e. it would be the second step. You're saying it's the third. You, 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 you get those on board after you've done the social? I thought it was the other way around. You know, we recommend for the issuers to look at it as the third because we don't want them to depend on it. It's right. hit or miss. Oh, sorry, it's now, not a third in that order. Order, It's just one third for yes. each of them, whatever order. All right, excuse me. Exactly, exactly. And as the amount raises as a whole, things are going to increase there. But you're right on point. If we run advertising to individuals who have already invested on that portal, all of their banking information, all of their personal information is already stored. It's a much quicker checkout process, right. a much stronger conversion rate. So you, you've, you've pinned it. Okay, right. Brilliant stuff. That's wonderful. And just one last point, which I'm actually quite interested in, because I sure. talked to Deepak Shukla about uh, the, the idea of personal branding. And you were talking about the CEO, the founder, the person who's driving it, talking to Rand yes. Fishkin, who's a very, very powerful individual in the sense of his own uh, personal branding, is if you have already done something before, this must be much, much, much easier. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say one size fits all there. We've worked with clients who, from their success of equity crowdfunding, have become a Forbes 30 under 30 for their industry. We've right. seen them build up their notoriety, uh, their, their own personal brand from these type of efforts. So I don't want to make it sound like the type of thing where if you don't have a uh, personal history that's well known, um, mm. you can't do it. Does it help? Absolutely. But I'll tell you, the, the active founders see the best responses. So regardless of what you've done in the past, if you're doing AMA, ask me anything type interviews every day and speaking with different uh, podcasters and different types of video platforms, if you're being featured in articles regularly and doing as much as you can, doing a live investor panel, some of our uh, issuers are doing that at the moment, mm. you're going to go much further than the founder who says, you could post my profile, maybe I'll do a post. That activity speaks for miles. Yeah, okay. So being a founder who's actually active is the biggest help of the lot. Having a bit of personality probably helps too. Thank you absolutely. very much, Jason. That was an absolutely brilliant. I loved having Jason and Jason today. That made me very happy. Great start to September. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Jason.